Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Wednesday edition of the show. Glad to have you with us and glad to be back with you. It's been a while. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. Hope everybody is preparing for the start of what should be a great 2024. And uh, so glad to be with you. We'll be here the rest of the week and off Monday because of the New Year holiday, but we should be back in uh, normal business after that. I know it's been, I was sick last week. There were some holiday engagements last week. Uh, just a, a different time, but uh, glad to be back and glad to be focused on IU basketball in the Big Ten season coming up. Indiana with one final non-conference game on Friday night before things get serious. It's Big Ten basketball the rest of the way for this up and down Indiana basketball team. At least that has been the story of the season so far. One broadcast note, uh, we will have high school basketball on the air tonight. I think this will be a good game. New Albany hosting Seymour at the Doghouse. We'll be on at 7.10 p.m. with our pregame report tonight. Uh, New Albany, man, they are quick. They love to get up and down under first-year coach Jason Jones, and they've had they've had some success with that so far this season. But I think Seymour tonight will really defend them and slow it down. I think it'll be kind of a tale of two different New Albany teams, how they can play against a slower, maybe more methodical style. At least that's what I'm expecting. I've not seen Seymour this year, just kind of going off what I've heard, what I've read, things of that nature. But should be a good one. So hopefully... You've been out and about some before the Christmas holiday or this week to some holiday basketball opportunities, but if not, join us at the Doghouse tonight, and if you can't make it out to New Albany High School, you can join us here on the Big X for uh, the full play-by-play story. Again, pregame report at 7:10, and we'll have the play-by-play beginning right around 7:30 as the game tips off. But looking forward to that one tonight for sure, and of course, it's been a busy time for a lot of the high school basketball teams in the area, even though the Christmas holiday has been kind of right in the middle of things. Jeffersonville, we'll use them as an example. They were in Kokomo two days last week. They had three games over two days and had a nice showing. They played Kokomo really strong in the championship game. They beat a good Warren Central team, so it was a good trip to Kokomo for Jeffersonville. And then they're going to be headed very soon up to Fishers, just north of Indianapolis, for another two-day deal, so a potential for three or four games there. So uh, Jeff has probably led the way when it comes to holiday basketball travels and great competition, but I'm also excited later this week about the Silver Creek Holiday Tournament. That's always fun when some of the locals get together, Silver Creek and Providence. Those are probably the two that are most interested to see as far as maybe uh, how that one shakes out. 
but uh, Charlestown having a solid year. Clarksville, obviously, some struggles there with uh, just a, a whole bunch of stuff going on with the Clarksville program. But a lot of basketball this week to get us set for the new year. And uh, that is always fun. That is always exciting. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, here in just a moment, we'll take a look at our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Uh, Lots to get to. We kind of need to reset things with IU basketball. Coach Signetti on the football side, they are rolling. I think they inked 32 players in the signing period, of course, there's some additional guys in the transfer portal still, uh, but my goodness, Indiana has made some, I think, progress when it comes to roster construction for next season. As you would expect a new head coach to do, it's just a matter of has Coach Sig maybe been able to surpass some of the expectations early on. So we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. And then uh, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, he's always with us on Wednesdays. He's scheduled to join us in segment two. And then Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, he will be with us in segment three as we talk local sports here in southern Indiana. We'll get you ready for New Albany Seymour tonight. We'll talk some of the other big basketball topics as well when Josh is with us a little bit later uh, in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Thornton's text line is open. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Love to hear from you. Your thoughts on the Hoosiers as we've had a little bit of a holiday pause. Uh, Love to know what your thoughts are about the upcoming Big Ten portion of the schedule starting in 2024. Some obvious big games coming up for this Indiana team. Something else I'm curious as well, this isn't related to Indiana basketball or really anything Indiana right now, but a lot of bowl games on, and I typically like bowl football, especially like tonight you've got Louisville in a bowl game against USC. It's not a big-name bowl, but it's an important bowl for one of our local teams, and USC, who probably didn't have the season that they Hope to have that obviously is a big name opponent for Louisville in that bowl. So I'll definitely keep an eye on that one. Definitely will tune in. But some of these other bowl games before Christmas and right after Christmas, I tell you what, they have not been good. Uh, maybe there have been a couple close games, but there are just there are no interesting storylines. And normally bowl football is something that it, it intrigues me a little bit, but no crowds, and I guess that's standard at this point in time. It's more about a television opportunity, TV rights, ESPN money, things of that nature, but some of these bowl games have been rough. And speaking of bowl games, by the way, JMU, the former team of IU coach, Coach Signetti, I saw that they uh, lost their bowl game. I think it was right before Christmas, maybe the day before Christmas Eve. So I don't know, just a couple random thoughts on bowl games. I know it gets better. Obviously, everybody will be watching the big football playoff bowl games coming up uh, on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, I think it is. Uh, Those are awesome. Can't wait for the 12-team playoff to get here next season. But some of these other games I used to take a little interest in. When you pause for the holidays, you 
need stuff to watch, but uh, definitely a little hard to get into them or really a little hard to find some good football in some of these early bowl games, I have thought. Uh, okay, 502-414-1450, Thornton's text line. Love to know your thoughts as well. Let's get into a couple headlines. First off, IU basketball kind of at a, a pause here for the holidays, looking ahead to Indiana's final opponent in the non-conference portion of the season. It's Kennesaw State. First thing I've got written down about this game, it's on Big Ten Plus. So here we go again, a game that you've got to have an extra subscription for. You may have downloaded, subscribed to Big Ten Plus back for the Hoosier Hysteria broadcast. Also a couple of the exhibition games, both of them, in fact, were on the Big Ten Plus uh, network or platform. Uh, now you'll have to get it one more time here for the uh, month of December if you want to catch this uh, Kennesaw State game on Friday night. So it's an overflow game for the Big Ten network. It's on Big Ten Plus. I think it's a subscription of $9, $10 for the month. You can cancel it after the game on Friday night. But that's how you'll have to watch the game. So uh, just a reminder on that. I know television and how you're going to watch games after years of cruising because of Big Ten Network. And I guess everything every year there's been a few on Big Ten Plus. With Peacock, that's been an additional subscription for people this year. I know fans a little sensitive of that, and I get it. It's another subscription. It's something else. In the case of Big Ten Plus, you got It's different. It's different than the other. You've got to get it online, I believe. Uh, you got to remember to cancel it as well. You don't want that on your credit card statement every month. But uh, that's the latest with the television portion of it. Uh, as far as uh, Kennesaw State goes, uh, it's a game that you know Indiana is going to be a favorite in. Indiana needs to work out kinks. Uh, figure out lineup rotations headed into Big Ten Conference play. Because when you look ahead at what's next as far as the new year goes or into the new year for this team, obviously, as expected, the Big Ten Conference, I don't know that it's as good as what we thought, but the Big Ten Conference schedule and the layout for this team, it is what it is. There are some tough uh, moments right out of the gate for this Indiana basketball team. IU 9-3 on the season. And after the game against Kennesaw State coming up on Friday night, it's Nebraska on the road for Indiana to open the new year. That's January 3rd. First IU game of the new year at home, Ohio State, and then Rutgers on the road. So some important road games that Indiana uh, needs to try to pick up early in the Big Ten conference portion of the schedule. But looking forward to getting into conference play. Conference basketball is great. Big Ten obviously at the top of my list, but the ACC and the SEC and the Big East, just great meaningful games on every single night in conference play the rest of the way, all the way up until the conference tournaments, all the way up until the NCAA tournament as well. So we're to that very, very important conference part of the season after a lot of fun non-conference moments and, to be quite honest, some boring non-conference uh, moments. But uh, it's all going to be meaningful the rest of the way as we start to think about brackets, resumes, NCAA tournament. Uh, can this Indiana team make the NCAA tournament? Uh, that's all going to be interesting stuff to watch here over the next few weeks. But definitely ready for Big Ten basketball to make its, I guess you'd call it a re-debut uh, once we get to the first of the year in just a few short days. A couple other notes to mention here on this program today. Uh, obviously high school basketball 
Very busy this time of year. I've teased our game tonight, the New Albany Seymour game on Wednesday night. Obviously, coming up on later in the week, we have Jeffersonville up at the Fishers Tournament. That's going to be an interesting challenge for the Red Devils. I talked about the Silver Creek Tournament on uh, what Friday, I guess Thursday and Friday nights of this week. One other tournament I do want to mention, it's a good local tournament uh, coming up here tomorrow, is the tournament at Henryville. It's the McKee Monk Invitational. It's been around for a number of years now. Uh, always a fun event. Brown County against Henryville in the first game. Southwestern Shelby against Springs Valley game two. They do a great job of bringing in some different teams to the area. So a good little showcase if you're looking for basketball on Thursday morning, those games again, 10 uh, a.m. and 11.45 a.m. But just a lot of holiday basketball right now. Jeffersonville headed to Fishers later in the week. That's going to be obviously the opportunity for some tough challenges for uh, Jeffersonville. They will open up the tournament against South Bend Riley. They get uh, things underway tomorrow as well. That tournament begins on Thursday. Uh, you got Lawrence Central, Chesterton, South Bend Riley, Balsey, Portage, Bloomington South, Fishers, all in that Fishers tournament. So Jeffersonville, no matter win or lose against a good South Bend Riley team, uh, they're going to get challenged both days, all three games in that tournament at Fishers. And Jeff has just had a whale of a schedule so far. South Bend Riley, who the Devils will open with, 9-2 and two on the season. So, I mean, you're right out of the gate going to take on a very quality ball club here at this point of the season. A couple other notes to mention, the IU women uh, off to a good start. Really, the only disappointing moment for them was that slip-up in a big way against Stanford, but they are into Big Ten Conference play coming up a little bit later in the week. Uh, in fact, they're already into Big Ten Conference play, uh, but or have been, just like the men, but will be back in conference play on Sunday. They will host Illinois to start their conference season. But the women having another nice year at 10-1 and on the season. They've only played one conference game. I think the women's team's only had the one game while the men had two conference games. But uh, IU women, a good start. One of the favorites in the Big Ten Conference. I've said this before. I'll say it again today. Looking forward to IU and Iowa when Caitlin Clark uh, comes to town or when Indiana takes on this uh, Iowa team with Caitlin Clark. That will be a lot of fun. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star scheduled to be with us. We'll talk IU basketball, football, the Pacers, and more. Stay with us here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
We're back on this Wednesday edition of the show. Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, he joins us Wednesdays. Dustin is the Pacers beat writer for the Star, but he talks IU and all kinds of stuff with us here on the show each week. And Dustin, before we dig into IU or bring up the Pacers, I want to start with uh, college football this time of year, some of these bowl games. And I know this has come up before, but I am amazed. Some of the early bowls, especially uh, before Christmas, right after Christmas, uh, there are no crowds. It, It has to be about television money and sponsorships and maybe even sports wagering these days. I don't know, but there are definitely little crowds at a lot of these early bowl games, especially. You have to wonder what it's like to play in a reasonable size stadium with so few people there in a game that should be meaningful for the respective programs involved. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, you know, you mentioned TV, and obviously I think there's, there's been a, a significant change as far as the calculus there, because you start seeing, you know, bowl games, you know, the week after the Army-Navy game. <laughs> you know, like you didn't used to see that. It used to be, okay, you, you might have one on, like, December 18th or December 19th on a Tuesday or, or the 20th or 21st. I remember, like, when I was a kid, I remember the Las Vegas Silver Bowl was the first big one. You know, it would be, like, the MAC uh, champion and I think the Mountain West champion or something like that. Um, or the WAC, I think that's what it was, like when, there was, when the WAC was still a thing that mattered. Um, and it, you, you've obviously seen, you know, more of these games become early before Christmas, and you barely have time to really get a travel party going for that. Um, so I think that's been, a, been part of the issue. Um, and, but they're going after television windows instead of leaving that, uh, that Saturday alone and saying, okay, like, let's be, be that for college, college basketball and let's, you know, like, ha- give more time for these guys for a post Christmas. Uh, you know, game basically that, that, you know, they get some time off, they get finals, all, all that kind of thing. I mean, you're rushing it pretty quick, uh, you know, to get, you know, some of these, you know, teams to these stadiums and stuff like that. It's just like another Saturday. And so, it, I mean, it was, I think it was right after, it's like right after exams, you're know, starting to have bowl games. So it's, it definitely is a scenario where you're just taking advantage of the TV window and making sure the college football never has, uh, an off weekend, uh, you know, from this September all the way through the playoff. And so it does, I think, you know, cut into, you know, cut into those crowds, cut into how much of a travel party you can have uh, and how much of an event it even feels like. And I think it, 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 it is, I think, to your point, um, adding to this sense that a bowl game is just kind of an exhibition and it's this thing you play at the end of the year and, and you know, the result only kind of matters and it's really even moving on to next year. Um, so that, that definitely, I think, is part of it. it that just, again, like having these things as early as they are. You know, obviously you're getting into post-Christmas now and some of these, teams are going to start getting down there in the next couple of days and it becomes a real event. You know, when you're talking about leading up to the, you know, New Year's six bowl games in January, you know, the other January first bowl games, the Citrus, the Outback, you know, those kind of games where it's more of a travel destination and everything. And, um, it's, it's really about a reward. Um, and so you're going to see that for these games, but yeah, you're right at this point. Uh, you know, these, these are the first couple nights, the post Christmas games that you're starting to see at least some kind of fan travel base showing up for these. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. I'm curious your thoughts on this. It's the last year of a four-team college football playoff. It expands all the way out to 12 teams next season. Where do you stand in the college football playoff uh, number? Do you agree with 12? And what do you think that'll look like next year? I guess some of these bowl games may go away uh, or may not be as 
prominent if they're not included in the football playoff next season. So this could be a changing year for a lot of different bowls, not just some of the top ones. Uh, but interesting year in college football ahead. Yeah, sure. I know. I mean, I, I've my, my thought was the sweet spot was eight, so they passed it right by. You know, the, the, the sensible move that, that would have, I think, uh, maybe even save the conferences on some level would have been if they had a scenario where it was, you know, you had uh, all the power, each of the power five conferences get their champion in no matter what, uh, and then you have three wild cards, which is plenty of space uh, to make for everybody and, and get everybody in. It seemed like a perfectly healthy way of handling the situation, of course, rather than uh, go, you know, rather than going to eight and, and someone that seems to have a very clear logic where you just jumped right past it and go all the way to 12, which seems to go against the entire argument that everybody had of, well, college football has this incredibly meaningful regular season, and every game is such a huge deal, uh, and everything like that. Um, so, you know, I think 12, I think 12 is too many, I think 4 is too few, I think 8 made a lot of sense, but I don't even know what makes sense anymore if we're going to get closer and closer to super conferences. Um, you know, so I, I don't even, if, if it comes down to it, it's that it's everybody's in the SEC or the Big Ten, what are we going to do? Like, what is that? What even makes sense there? Is it going to be like the American League and the National League at a certain point? And are you going to be overdoing it? Um, you know, that's that I think is going to be an interesting question. And, you know, to your point, I mean, taking away some of the, you know, I don't, I do like the traditional bull games, you know, for, and I get, uh, you know, I remember the book Death to the BCS that a lot of this is playing on your nostalgia. And ultimately, it's not a system that really makes a lot of sense, but it goes back to, you know, years and years they've had this thing, like you, you associate some of these games with your childhood memories, and, you know, this was New Year's Day for you, and this was, you know, like your Christmas week and everything, and you remember watching some of these, and it's like, it's sort of part of that framework of what you watch on TV, and I think they're going to miss that, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, some of these games are going to be played at home site, which is cool, and it's fine, and, and it's going to have a good draw, but it's going to be cold, you're going to have some of these played after uh, you know, during a semester break or during finals or something like that, and that's going to lead to um, some issues as far as attendance is concerned. Are you going to still reward some of the teams that get the 12 seed with some kind of trip? You know, uh, do they get to go anywhere, or are you just going to have them play their home game, lose, or their, or their road game, lose, and go home? Uh, you know, are they going to get to go to anywhere sunny and warm? Um, and, you know, which is, I've always thought, part of the reward if you're, you know, Penn State or Indiana or Michigan or whatever, and you play, you know, win 10 or 11 games, you get to go play in Florida or California around New Year's. Like, that's part of the deal is you get a week where it's sunny and warm and you're not, you know, walking around in boots and gloves all the time. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. You know, it's certainly going to make for good games. Um, I think there's there's obviously a positive to having postseason football on campus sites. I mean, I covered uh, as sort of a secondary writer um you know fcs playoffs uh when i was covering james madison when i was on the basketball beat and i was helping out mike barber on the football beat you know you got some sense of what it was like to have those situations where you'd have playoff games at home sites and it's certainly uh a really you know phenomenal environment um you know just what it's like in there basically just, just how uh amped it can get and everything so you know there's there's definitely positives to it the fcs has been doing it for years the other uh, divisions have been doing it for years. There's certainly good things to it. They certainly know how to do it. Um, but, you know, there are definitely things that are going to be missed uh, with a 12-team playoff with this many teams and, and when you're going to, you know, you're not really sure exactly how you're going to work the bull system into it yet. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis Star. Let's stay with football before we get into some hoops in a moment. Uh, Coach Signetti, IU football. 
a lot of guys signed during the early signing period, um, or I guess national signing day recently, and then obviously very active in the transfer portal. And I tell you what, the new coach, he's active on social media. Uh, he has lots of comments on things, and I think it's got this IU fan base very intrigued. Uh, he has had some mm-hmm. bold statements, Dustin, so far. I'm curious your take on Coach Signetti, what he's had to say, the staff that he's hired, and uh, what he's mm-hmm. done so far as far as roster construction for next year. Yeah. Well, first off, he's a Pittsburgh guy, so I kind of like I, I, I connect with that a little bit. I'm like, I, I, I know you. <laughs> you know, I've seen guys like you. He actually is offensive coordinator, Mike Shanahan, uh, and this is fun and interesting. I mean, he, Mike went to my high school. Uh, you know, years obviously years after I did, but I remember hearing about him. Um, you know, I remember when, when I was in Harrisonburg, Virginia, before I got to Bloomington. I remember, uh, you know, seeing his name in the sporting news that he was like a, you know, just a, a notable basketball recruit. He ended up playing football at Pitt. Uh, but yeah, so he went to, you know, coached James Madison, coached at Indiana. So, you know, or is going to coach in Indiana. So, I mean, my joke would be, man, you're following me everywhere, I guess, you know, from high school to, to JMU to here. Um, but, you know, I think it's inter- just, just interesting the way that, that Tignetti has, Come in with this the, the the bold idea of we're not going to get pushed around. You know, we're Indiana, but you know, like the, we're we're not going to. You know, I've won at James Madison. I've won everywhere I've coached. You know, why can't I win at Indiana? And like well, the biggest thing that Indiana needs to stop doing is act like it's somehow uh, inferior to the Michigan's and Ohio State's. You know, believe that you're there and you'll get there, and that's fine. Um, but it's you know, I mean, he's going to find out. <laughs> He's going to find out the difference. I mean, he's won a lot of places, but he's not won a lot of places where there is the Michigan and Ohio State. It's not so much what you don't have at Indiana. It's just more what all of your neighbors have. Um, and that, I think, is going to be the hard part. Like, you can absolutely build uh, a certainly functional and even winning program um, with the amount of resources that Indiana has. But the, the problem, the tough part about it is, is that how, how good are you going to be able to be when you're ultimately going against people who have infinitely more uh, you know that i think is kind of going to be the hard part for him um and he's going to find out some things I and mean, i definitely think the i you know kevin wilson i think kind of tried the you know we're not gonna we're, we're not gonna we're you know we're indiana like just we're not backing down from anybody type of thing and you still find out what your disadvantages are and that you have to you have to have a plan you have to have an idea of what you want to do you have to realize you know you've got to be able to counter and i think for all um, if anybody wants to, you know, complain about Tom Allen, he had a very specific idea of this is where we are in the landscape and this is what, what it means. And they were, what they were like when they were winning, um, you know, it works pretty well. It's like, okay, well, we're going to go to places where there are a whole lot of recruits and we're going to go get players there. And, you know, like there's enough guys in Florida that are under recruited that nobody realizes are as good as they are because there's just so many of them. Uh, we're going to be able to get them. We're going to invest in, uh, development, you know, physical development speed training, strength training, all this kind of stuff. You know, we're going to have guys there for four and five years. We're going to turn them into NFL players over that point in time, and then that's when we're going to win. We're going to have a good, you know, defensive system. We're going to start with defense and go from there. And when he was winning, I mean, he had a system that really worked, and so that was what he believed in is it's like, okay, like, we're not Michigan, we're not Ohio State, but that doesn't mean we can't pull it off if we, if we have a direct plan. Signetti seems to be coming into this and just saying the boldness is the key, is just believing that you're that good and that'll work. And – you know, I'm, I'm sure he's got more detailed ideas than that, but it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, like he went out and said, you know, Michigan and Ohio State stuck too, and it's like, okay, well, you're going to find out very quickly that they do not. <laughs> they, they certainly don't suck. That doesn't mean you'll never, ever beat them, but Michigan and Ohio State do not suck. You're going to have to work really, really hard to defeat those guys once, 
much less for years and years and years in a row and, and, and put yourself in a position where you're, you're the dom, you know, you're, you're dominating those rivalries. Um, so it's, it's good. I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see just how he changes or how he, you know, adapts and everything once he gets a real sense of, uh, what Big Ten football is like, what, you know, basically what he is dealing with, the kind of immense resources that everybody he's playing against has, how the league is going to change, especially when they get the UCLA's and USC's of the world into this. Uh, going to be very interesting to see just how, if he tones the, the rhetoric down or if he's just going to roll with this and, uh, believe that that's, you know, going to get, um, you know, get people excited. I mean, there's something to be said for that because, you, you know, that's how you get players sometimes. You've got to make them believe that you're every bit as good as the team you're, team you're playing. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, that's, that's just my, like, view from way out here uh, at this point. I obviously haven't been covering the beat or, or seeing how he's, an, you know, directly answered questions or anything like that. But I think it's going to be I'm, – I'm very interested in this guy. And so – but I think I, I am impressed by the boldness, and I do think the fan base is happy about it. So – uh, and I think that's at least getting them going as far as, far as just rebuilding the roster and flipping over and starting over. Yeah, going to be interesting to see for sure. Uh, a changing year of college football, the 12-team football playoff next season, and Coach Signetti at Indiana. Going to be real interesting to see what he can uh, do for the Hoosiers. All right, uh, let's get into basketball. Let's start with Indiana. Obviously a little bit of a Christmas pause as they head into one final non-conference game on Friday night. Dustin, it's been such an up-and-down season so far. There have been some moments and some games where this team has looked good and promising for what they could be when they put it all together. And then sometime in the very next game, there have been moments where you think, golly, this team is not very good. I'm not sure what their ceiling could actually be this year. Where are you at with IU heading into this final non-conference game with Big Ten play looming the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just fair to say that they're, you know, they're probably going to be just okay. I mean, I think they're capable of getting in the tournament. I think they're, they're capable of doing enough there. Um, just on the basis of they do have two really good bigs, and I think that puts them, that gives you a shot. You know, I, I think when you have two guys that are able to at least uh, physically hang, um, you know, in there, I, I, it gives you an opportunity. There's a chance that you can take on, um, you know, just sort of out-muscle people. Um, and, and so I think that, they're they're capable of doing that. I mean, think obviously, you know, it, it's it's important. I think first, I think Ware's been pretty good. Um, you know, he's at least been close to as advertised. Um, maybe not all the way there, but close enough. And and Renew, I think, um, you know, it's been big that you know he's gotten really back on track to what you were hoping for. Him obviously he had a big game the other night against North Alabama. Um, but you know, I think there there were some times last year you're like, uh, he's maybe not what was expected. But I think he's taken a big step. I mean, I think you're seeing the skill, the muscle, the size. Uh, you know, I think it was it was good to see him hit a couple shots uh, the other night, four four from three. I think that you're you're looking at, you're seeing his development. Uh, Backo obviously had a really really slow start um, and has had some ugly games since, but he's closer to on track than he was. I mean, there was a stretch where you're like, okay, is this guy going to play at all, um, or is he just going to totally fade out this year and you're not going to get much from him whatsoever? I think it's it's important that you you start to see at least some flashes of this was the guy. Um, you know, and obviously you you had to put some things together obviously having to start Gabe Cubs with Xavier Johnson missing some extended time you've had Galloway have some great games and some not not great games I and mean, on an individual level um you know you, you've seen a lot of up and down as well but I think there's there's more to think more re, you know I, I think there have been enough flashes to, to look at them and say this is probably gonna be a tournament team past that you know I don't really know obviously the fact that there's just not this team just doesn't shoot 
uh, you know, generally, obviously, it, I think he had 12 the other night against North Alabama. It was the first time you really saw them make shots. Um, but that's certainly an issue when, when you're getting beat that badly at the three-point line in terms of what you're getting out of there. Uh, you know, it is tough to win some games, but I think they'll be able to outmuscle enough people and win enough games that way to get uh, the wins you got to get to get in the tournament. But I don't know that they're going to be much past that. Um, so, and, and there are still, you know, some important pieces, some guys who are going to stick around past this year. Um, that I think that you know, that there's some bright spots to continue working with. But it's not a great team. <laughs> you know, I think that's that's pretty fair to say at this point. It's not a team that you look at and say, well, this is a team that has a chance to win the whole thing, or this is a team that's got Sweet 16 or Elite Eight potential. I mean, it's probably a, a get in and get out. Um, team at this point they obviously could make some leaps but you know um i I don't see a super high ceiling but i think there's still enough for them to get the wins they have to get in to get the tournament dustin dopirak of the indianapolis star with us here on this wednesday edition of the show dustin uh i know your focus is on the pacers but i did see a story i think it was just a day or so before christmas that the golden state warriors have reached out to romeo langford who's playing with the salt lake g league team about potentially a spot for him have you seen anything about that and could romeo maybe be on the verge of another nba opportunity I hope so for him. I mean, just for I, I hadn't seen that yet, but I mean, it'd be you know obviously just super talented kid. You you just you continually just root for him to have opportunities and chances and stuff like that. I mean, I think you you know you see in this league, um, it's such an opportunity league that to, to to use your word there, you just never know what's going to be you know what, what's going to be the break that works for you, and and it's such. It's so much about you know who else is there. What do you need at the time um, that 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 allows guys to to really prosper? And so you know you, you don't know what what scenarios are going to lead to somebody real, having a real chance. And you know Golden State obviously you know they, they've already got Trace on the roster, and Trace I think has been fantastic. You know, you've seen him really take advantage of the fact that Draymond Green suspended uh, and played some really fun phenomenal basketball. And so I mean, I, like they certainly have you know the All Star wing. They're, they they. The Warriors always need depth because, I mean, obviously they have so much money uh, tied up in, you know, in their superstars, in, in Steph and Clay and, and Draymond um, and those guys. And so, you know, they, they, they need something else. Uh, basically, they need something, you know, Wiggins as well. Uh, you know, they, they, they have to look at, you know, kind of cheaper guys uh, to kind of help them out when it comes to depth uh, at every position. Uh, so, you know, a lot of guys on veteran minimum, minimums and whatnot. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't seen that, but I think it would be big for them to, you know, be – you know, it'd be a good chance for him, basically, and then, you know, like any opportunity he gets, certainly, you know, for him to get a shot. There's just a, a lot of guys that are good enough to be playing in this league, and you just never know what uh, opportunity is that, that really gives you a chance to break in and, and, and hold your spot. All right, Dustin, a final question for you. Um, Golden State Warriors will stay there. Trace Jackson Davis, he's had a couple monster games for them recently. I don't know that I can see him going back down to the G League. He's bounced back and forth a handful of times so far this season. I think he's getting the job done in his rookie year. Uh, he had a double-double the other night, and um, only one of – maybe was it back-to-back double-doubles? I'm not even sure, but it was yep. a big accomplishment for a rookie. He's getting it done in his first year, and I think cementing a real role, a real spot with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, again, the big big piece there is his minutes went up when Draymond Green got suspended at that so. That's you know basically part of uh, you know his depth chart in terms of 
you know, where, when his when and where his opportunities come. You know, Green is certainly in there, and so when Draymond's out, and you know, for swinging on a guy, uh, Trace gets more of an opportunity. So, I mean, I think I, I will say this too. I mean, obviously, in, in, the Pacers have a you know their lottery pick in Jarris Walker uh, spent uh, last week down in the G League at the at the showcase and got a lot of work done. And I think you know, obviously, I think we do. Um, talk about the G League. It's like, oh man, if you go down there, like it's a demotion and it's means they're mad at you. You can get a lot of work done there. Um, you know, I think they're not necessarily unhappy with Walker, and they gave him a real shot there. So if he does go back and play, get some Santa Cruz Warriors minutes, that doesn't mean that they're unhappy with him or that there's a problem. You know, there might if, if Green comes back, he might go through stresses where he's only getting five minutes, and maybe he needs uh, a little bit more work for development. That's not a bad thing. That doesn't mean okay, he he's not uh, you know. Serving any purpose there, but you know, obviously, with uh, with Green being out, you know, he's getting an opportunity to shine, and I think they they certainly know that they got what they drafted, um, and they were, I think, really happy to get him um, you know, with the fifty seventh pick, which is just wild to consider. Um, but he, he, you know, there's there's all there was obviously all this talk about his shot and everything, and that's you know, it, it like it does affect his feeling in terms of okay, how. You know how, how prominent of a player is he going to be? Is he going to be an all-star caliber guy or anything like that? Um, and so when you don't have that capacity as the center at this point, it is tough to make it or any player at this point. It's tough to be a superstar, but that doesn't mean there's not a role for you. And I think Trace has kind of shown like, okay, like his what he does, the energy, the athleticism, the ability to go up and get rebounds and blocks um, and score at the rim uh, is still valuable, and it's certainly valuable to take advantage of guys like. You know, you have plenty enough three-point shooting on the Golden State Warriors that you don't necessarily need your center to take a ton of them. And that's why Kevon Looney's been able to make a career uh, out of what he's done and just being a big rebound and block guy and not necessarily be an outside shooter either. And so you just kind of have to take advantage of what's there. And, you know, Trace Jackson Davis is very good at taking advantage of the opportunities that the Warriors create for a big guy. Um, so, he, yeah, he's got a chance to really carve out uh, a long career with what they do. I mean, obviously, you don't. You know, Green's whole situation is up in um, uh, is a little bit in limbo. I mean, presumably they're going to try to keep him as long as they can keep him. Um, but you don't need you know one of your most prominent players continuing to get suspended because of on court you know fisticuffs and whatnot. Um, so you look at Jackson Davis and you see how a guy that doesn't do any of that and and does a lot of the things that you need. Uh, you ask, and Draymond, Draymond certainly has all the experience, and he certainly has a you know phenomenally high basketball IQ and and you know just so much experience working with. Uh, Steph and Clay, and knowing where they want the ball and how to operate out of that pick and roll the way they do, but I think that's certainly something that Jackson Davis can figure out and show he has the capacity to do. So I mean, he's in uh, just a great, great position. I mean, I, I know a lot of people were hoping the Pacers would take him, but this was better for all sides. The Pacers have too many centers, and Trace Jackson Davis needed a place where he could get uh, a real crack at it right out of the gate. And I think he's really established that he's an NBA player and he's going to be for a long time. Absolutely. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis star. Dustin, thank you for the chat. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll talk with you again next Wednesday. Happy New Year as well. Yeah, happy New Year as well. Thanks so much. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. Don't forget, coming up tonight, New Albany and Seymour, the Bulldogs hosting the Owls in a Hoosier Hills Conference game, will be on the air at 7-10 with our pregame coverage and tip-off in that contest scheduled for 7-30 tonight. Join us if you can't make it out to the doghouse. We'll head to a break. We're back with our final segment of the Wednesday show. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday edition of the program. Had to stop and think for a minute. The holidays get you all screwed up when it comes to days and what's going on, what day of the week it is. But glad to be with you to wrap up this show. No Josh Cook today. He is out of town, but we'll be back with us next Wednesday. And uh, again, our coverage tonight of high school basketball picks back up when we have New Albany hosting Seymour. Uh, 7-10 pregame show, 7-30 tip-off. I think it'll be a good game. New Albany off to a good start under first-year coach Jason Jones. The Bulldogs like to play fast. If you haven't seen them so far this season, they are 6-2 and two on the season. Seymour, who beat Jeff without Trey Singleton, I do think will be a nice challenge for this New Albany team. Seymour also having a nice year at 6-2 and two on the season, and uh, they'll slow it down a little bit. They'll play some pretty good defense. I think Coach Kirk Manns, former Michigan State player, athletic director, and boys basketball coach at Seymour, he does a tremendous job with what he has to work with at Seymour and uh, has them playing good basketball this year. So I do think our game tonight uh, might have a chance to be the closest game, the closest broadcast of the season so far. We have not had any real buzzer beaters or down-to-the-wire contests, which if you're calling a game, that's what you hope for. It's always more fun when it's close and contentious and there's a chance for extra basketball overtime or a last-second shot. But I think tonight we'll have that kind of game, I think. I could be wrong, but I think it'll be a really good game, a very competitive game. So looking forward to being out at the doghouse, one of the great gyms in the area, great environment there. Got the new scoreboard, the new video boards. We'll be up on the catwalk, uh, one of my favorite press box areas in a high school gym uh, to broadcast from. So looking forward to being out there for some holiday hoops tucked in between Christmas and the new year. And uh, looking forward to following some of our other local teams this week. Uh, Jeffersonville, namely, they'll be at Fishers for that tournament. That's going to be interesting for the Red Devils. And then curious about the Silver Creek Holiday Tournament coming up a little bit later in the week as well. Uh, interested to see how those uh, games, that bracket plays out. It'll start uh, on Thursday with Clarksville and Silver Creek and Providence and Charlestown. I really think we'll get a Silver Creek-Providence championship game on Friday, which will be a lot of fun. I'd hope to broadcast that, but we've got the IU contest on Friday, so maybe I'll take it in in a non-broadcast game, but that should be a lot of fun. That's going to wrap things up for our Wednesday show. If you missed the live show, all you got to do is search for uh, us as a podcast. The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison is what you can type in. Basically, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll find us there. But would love to uh, have you join us live on the Big X. Each weekday, we'll get back to, I guess we're back into basically a normal schedule now. But after the new year on Monday... We'll be back into a normal schedule, uh, essentially Monday through Fridays, 11 a.m. You can find us here on the Big X. But if you can't, the podcast is always available as well. Have a great Wednesday. 
Uh, hope you're getting ready for a great New Year's. Hope you had a great Christmas. It's just a good time of year with the holidays and bowl football and high school basketball and getting ready for conference basketball at the college level. Just a great time of, of the sports calendar for sure. So hope you're enjoying some time away. And uh, be back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. You're listening to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.